Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. You know, I told our team in, in Team Huddle this morning, I said, you know what, I've got, some, I've got some good news and I've got some better news. And I told them, they said, what's that? I said, well, the good news is there is an awesome word prepared for you today. And the better news is that I'm not preaching it. So, um, uh, so, so delighted this morning to have my wife and uh, co-pastor here to, to share this word this morning. And uh, looking forward to it, would you make Pastor Lisa welcome this morning? Good morning. I am so excited to be in the house of God. Look at your neighbor and remind them that they are blessed. I feel like some people might have forgotten this morning. You are blessed. Ladies, I want to remind you about the Gather Conference. I'm still waiting on many of you to register. It is time now to get registered. Early bird pricing ends the end of August. We're going to have an amazing time in the presence of the Lord, and I don't want you to miss out. Amen? Amen? All right, I'm not going to be preaching by myself this morning. Y'all got to help me. I am very excited about the word that the Lord has for us this morning. Um, I was thinking and praying about what to speak about today, and the Lord reminded me of a couple of things in my own life. And so I'm just going to be sharing from a couple of my own experiences this morning. But I want to talk about when it's time to move. When it's time to move. In my life, just since I've been married, we have lived in eight different homes and we have lived in five different places across North Carolina. Now, moving was very much out of my character, meaning that my parents didn't move at all and I wasn't raised in a very adventurous mindset. The number of times that we moved in my life hasn't been easy for me whether that was moving from one town to another or just from one church to another, it was always very hard for me when it was time to make the move. It was very hard on me mentally. It was very hard on me emotionally. Each time I moved, I was following God, and I was obeying what God said to do, but it still didn't make it easy on me. It still affected me mentally, it affected me emotionally, and can I just say that it wasn't comfortable for me? Not to mention physically. How many of y'all have ever moved? All right. So not to mention physically, like the first time we moved, I'm like, I got this thing. Like I'm throwing stuff in the U-Haul, I got this. Second time going on about the third or fourth time, I'm like, if we move this stuff one more time, like I'm just going to die physically, right? It's very taxing on you physically as well. No matter who you are or what the reason, none of us love the idea of moving. You know, you think about it as a new adventure and a new beginning, but none of us just sit around and squeal at the idea that we have to move. And as I was praying about what to share today, the Lord reminded me of the moves that I have had to make in my life. Not just physical moves, but spiritual moves. And how many of you know the spiritual moves that God asks us to make can also be very uncomfortable for us? 
But I believe today that God wants somebody to know that he wants to take you to new places. He wants to give you some new territory today, but God is going to ask you to move in the Spirit. Today, I'm not talking about moving your physical location. I'm not talking about moving your town. I'm not talking about moving your address. I'm talking about Christians who move in the Spirit. For me personally, there have been a lot of seasons in my life where I was very comfortable. I was comfortable where I was. I was excited about where I was, and I was happy for all that I saw God doing around me, and I was happy for what I saw God doing in me. But yet I would pray, God, I want more. Have you ever prayed that prayer? God, I want more. God, I'm asking you for miracles. God, I want you to move. God, would you move in my situation? Lord, I know that you see the desires of my heart. God, would you move? And there's nothing wrong with going before God and praying these prayers. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to take our petitions before God in prayer. It tells us that we serve a God that hears the cries of his people and his ear is listening to their cries and he wants to come and he wants to meet you right where you are. But sometimes, church, we can be so comfortable in that motion that we forget that God has already moved. Somebody say, already moved. I want to know that you're with me this morning because sometimes we can get so comfortable in that posture that we forget that God has already moved on our behalf. So whatever you're facing today, whatever you're believing God for, can I remind you that God is already there, that God has already gone ahead of you, God is already behind you, and if you're in the middle of it today, God is right there with you preparing your path. Deuteronomy 31 says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally, personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. Revelation 1.8 should get somebody excited this morning because the God that we serve says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Could we ask any more? Could we ask any more? I believe there are some things that God wants to speak into the hearts of his people today. Why? So that we can position ourselves to move into what God wants to do in our lives. The first thing that God wants to remind us of today as we, as we prepare to make spiritual moves is number one, you are not a beggar, you are royalty. Come on somebody, you are not a beggar, you are royalty. A beggar is a poor person who asks others or begs. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with coming to God with your needs and with your problems. We should. But as Christians, as blood-bought children of God, we should not always choose to stand in our place of need. We should hear the voice of God that calls out to each and every one of us that says, I have loved you, I have chosen you, and I am calling you out by your very name. No matter how you feel, no matter what you're facing, this is who you are. You are who God says that you are. 
Second Peter 2 9 says you are a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people Psalms 139 4 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the very hand of God thank you Jesus the Word of God even says that he prepared a table for us in the presence of of our enemies listen to Psalms 23 5 you prepare a banquet for me where all my enemies can see me you welcome me as an honored guest and fill my cup to the brim hallelujah come on church the call of God is for us to come and feast at the king's table today when I was thinking about this and feasting at the king's table I couldn't help but think about my grandmother and she had this old bell and I'll give the sound guys just a fit this morning, but she had this old dinner bell. And you know, I was reading up about the old dinner bells, and when they would ring the bell, it meant that no matter what you had going on, no matter what you were in the middle of, when the bell rang, it was time to come and feast. And today, I know a lot of people in this place have a lot of things going on. They got a lot of stuff happening in their life, but I want to tell you today, the Lord has prepared a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. And if you will come out of whatever you're going through, if you'll come out of whatever is trying to come against you today and take your seat at the king's table he will fill your cup to the brim the dinner bell means it's time to feast and God is calling his church today to feast at his table church it's time to move from our place of need and take our seat at the king's table we don't go around as Christians and eat the crumbs that fall on the floor but it's time that we go and take our rightful seat at the feast at the goodness of God let's feast on his goodness today let's feast on his grace today let's feast on his fullness and provision today and let's Let's be whole in his presence today as we feast at the king's table. It's so amazing that in the next verse, in Psalms 23, as we continue to read, we see ourselves as we get up from this feast. And it says, surely, meaning absolutely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Meaning the good days meaning the bad days every day of our lives as we sit and feast at the king's table goodness and mercy will follow us into whatever we have to face for something to be following you though you've got to be moving for something to be following you you must be moving there will never be a day in which the goodness and mercy of our Lord will not be immediately nearby you see God prepares this for you in the presence of your enemies now your enemies can be people sometimes your enemies can be things and sometimes your worst enemy can be yourself amen but God has prepared a feast for you today in the midst of it all. And so I want to challenge you today, church. Stop standing still feasting on your problems. Stop standing still feasting on people's opinions of you. Stop standing still feasting on people's approval of you. Even stop standing still waiting on your miracle. Move out in who God says you are. And remember that you're not a beggar, but you are royal today and the seat is prepared with your name on it move out 
Move out. Just move out in faith in God. When problems come knocking on your door, instead of standing still and focusing on the problems, instead of being hindered by them, you look them right square in the face and say, oh, I'm feasting at the king's table today. When depression tries to come in and all these arrows from the devil try to come into your family, will anybody today say, oh, you stop right there, devil, because I'm feasting at the king's table today. When the devil tries to destroy what God has given you, you stand up and declare, I am not a beggar. I am royalty, and I am feasting at the king's table today. Amen? Noah didn't have a cheering squad. Noah didn't have a cheering squad. He only had the word of the Lord to stand on. He only had what God had spoken to him when he moved out in faith. You see, so many of us want a breakthrough. How many of you want a breakthrough? Okay, all three of you, and I think you're going to get it today. Hallelujah. So many of us want a breakthrough. We want our miracle, and we know what God has spoken to us, but we just simply stand in our place of need. And when you only stand in your place of need, that's when you begin to speak words of doubt. And you begin to speak words of unbelief, and you can be so focused on what you're asking God for that you can miss out on what God has already given you. When you only stand in your place of need, see, you can miss divine appointments in your life. In Joshua chapter 6, we meet up with those children of Israel. I'm sure you're familiar with them because they spent years in the wilderness, they stood still in their complaining standing in their place of want, standing in their place of need, when the whole time God was saying, move out, move out. I want to give you new territory. I want to give you your breakthrough. I want to give you your promised land. And here they are. They're ready to begin their new life, and they run into the walls of Jericho. And the walls of Jericho were keeping them out. You see, this was their first real obstacle to the new life that was before them. They're literally blocked from beginning their new life, their new season. It's blocking them from moving into their new season. What is blocking you in your life right now? What is blocking you in your life right now? And I want to ask the question, are you going to continue to just stand in your place of need or are you going to move out in faith? Because they moved, the children of Israel moved, they didn't just sit by and ask God to move, they moved out in the Spirit. They moved out in the power of God. With the Ark of the Covenant moving with them, you know what they did? They began to march around the walls. And as they began to march around the walls, they saw victory because the, the break, the thing that was holding them back from their new season, fell. They got their breakthrough. They marched around the walls until they saw their victory. And the interesting thing was God said, march around the walls, and he said, be quiet. He said, be quiet. Don't say anything. You see, the spies have come back, and they've given a report of the land, and it's a bad report. It's a report that man would see without Holy Spirit vision. But can I tell you today that God has a report? God has a report that we see in the Spirit. There was no room for complaining. 
There was no room for unbelief. There was no room for only just standing still in their place of need and taking it from the devil. But they chose to rise up. They chose to rise up. And with the Spirit of God, they marched around those walls until they saw them come down. Can I tell you today, church, that your words can bind up or set free? And our refusal to only stand in our need will lead us to move out into a place where you will experience what only God can do. Did you catch that this morning? When you decide that you're not going to just stand in your place of need, but you're going to remember that you're not a beggar, you're royalty, and you're going to move out in the Spirit, and you're going to begin to declare your territory, then you're going to see God do things that only God can do. Does anybody want to see that today? in your life today they moved in the spirit and they saw their obstacle come down oh yes we want to feast at the king's table oh yes we want to move out and we want to claim our god-given territory in our lives but you cannot move if you try to take everything with you the things of this world must fade away you cannot move into your miracle if you want to hold on to your unbelief. You cannot move into your breakthrough if you want to hold on to your anger. You cannot move into your new season if you want to hold on to your unforgiveness. You cannot move into your new season if you want to constantly keep identifying yourself based on the mistakes of your old season. And that leads me to number two of what I believe God wants us to know today as we prepare to move in the Spirit. And that is, you can't move if you have clutter. You can't move if you have too much clutter. Clutter, let me tell you, when you're moving in the physical, clutter is one of the worst things you want to have when you're getting ready to move, right? The times I have had to move, like I threw stuff away just because I was sick to death of it being around me, right? Like you're, you're just like, it gone, it's gone. I don't even want it anymore. I was tired of it weighing me down. I was tired of it weighing me down. Anybody here sick and tired of stuff weighing you down? You know, when you move and you think, my goodness, where did all this stuff come from? And like you're going through it and half of it doesn't even mean anything to you and you really don't even want it. It's the same in the spirit when you get ready to move. See, you've been walking this life journey and stuff just builds up over here and it builds up over there and it builds up in your soul. But when God says it's time to move out and claim your new season and claim your new territory, how many of you know sometimes you got to throw that clutter to the side, really because it's time that some Christians become sick to death of the clutter that is holding them back from what God wants to do in their lives. You know, it's the very same when God asks us to move, to move out in faith and to know that we can trust Him we can't go there with the clutter build up. Now, the clutter that I speak of are things that will come into your life that are there to rival Jesus. The devil himself was an angel, and he tried to be greater than God. And God said, oh, no, get out, right? 
Just maybe, just maybe some people in the house today need to tell some things, even some people in your life, to get out. And I mean that with a kind spirit. But there are some things and some people in your life that can't always go where God wants to take you. And if you want to go where God is asking you to go in the Spirit, you've got to be willing to get rid of all the clutter, all the things that you know that are holding you back from where God wants to take you. And one area that I really believe that is allowing clutter to build up in our lives is a rampant culture that I see taking hold in this generation. And one of those things that I see so prevalent in this generation is the culture of busy. Look at your neighbor and say, are you busy? Yeah, everybody's going to say, well, I sure am. How are you? Busy. How are your kids doing? Well, they're busy. Let's get together sometime. Oh, I'd love to, but life is so busy. I haven't seen you in God's house lately. Oh, we've been busy. Can I tell you today that your busy can try to rival Jesus and what he wants to do in your life? And I pray today that God will open spiritual eyes for people to see that the devil is using that in the lives of his people. Because I want to tell you today that Jesus has no rival. Jesus has no equal. And nothing is greater than his name. And the word says that anything that we put before the things of God is an idol in the sight of God. What does the Bible say about busy? Well, it spoke to us very clearly in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 42. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Should we be serving God? Absolutely. Should we be attending church? Absolutely. Should we be about our Father's business? Absolutely. Mark 16, 15 clearly told us the heart of Jesus. When he was talking to his very disciples, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The problem is, in our busy, we are trying to follow our plan, and we are trying to fill empty spaces inside of us with man-made agendas. We're trying to fill places on the inside of us that feel empty, that really we need to spend time in His presence and we need to get in tune with the Spirit of God. But we are filling those empty places with man-made agendas called busy. One person once said, busy, burdened under Satan's yoke. But God said, Matthew eleven thirty. he said, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
See, God is saying, let's do this thing. Let me give you some freedom. Let's do this thing. Let me give you some liberty. Let's do this thing. Let me give you some peace. While all the while, we are so, so busy. Oh, well, let me do this, and let me do that, and oh, wait, let me gather up all my clutter, all my baggage from the life that I've lived and the people that have hurt me and the anger and the unforgiveness that I want to hold on to. Let me grab all of this and finish what I'm doing, and then, God, you can take me into my new season. You can take me into my new territory. But today, God is saying it is time to get rid of the clutter and move out into the territory that he wants to take us into. The late evangelist D.L. Moody used an illustration. And I loved it, and I thought it went right along with what I felt like the Lord wanted to speak to us today. And he used an empty drinking glass. And you know, there are a lot of Christians who love the Lord with all their heart. And they attend church. Yet, on the inside, they feel so empty. They feel so empty on the inside. They, matter of fact, they feel too empty to move out in faith, in the Spirit, and allow God to take them into their new season and their new territory that they keep wanting and wanting and wanting. And if I were to say what's inside this glass right now, what would you say is inside this glass? Do what? Nothing? But there's probably some air in here. Air inside the glass. And if we just leave air inside this glass, then we're going to feel empty. We can't get the air out of the glass on our own. It's like our physical bodies. When we don't eat the right foods, we don't feel satisfied. We feast on the wrong foods and our bodies are not fueled correctly. And it's the same with our spirit. Church, what are we feasting on today? Are we feasting on our busy? Are we feasting on the approval of others? Are we feasting just on our need? What are we feasting on today? Are we feasting at the king's table? Or are we just so busy gathering up crumbs that fall on the floor? There's only one way that we can be filled, and that is to remove the clutter that has taken complete hold over our lives and be filled completely with God's Spirit. See, there's only one way that I can get the air out of this glass. There's only one way that I can get the air out of this glass. And that's when I allow my life completely to be led of the Spirit of God. And when I allow, allow the power of God to move in my life and I actually surrender my clutter to Him my heartache to him, all the things that have tried to come in and hold me back from going where God wants me to go and hold me back from my new season and hold me back from my new territory. And this represents the river of life, the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our God? Thank you, Holy Spirit. And when, the only way I can get this empty and this air out of this glass is to completely fill it up with the presence of God. Only when we feast at the king's table and allow the precious spirit of God to fill our lives will we be victorious. Not by might, say it with me, not by power, but by your spirit. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. 
Only when we feast at the king's table will we not feel empty anymore. See, you feel empty because you have clutter. You can't move in faith because you haven't feasted on God's word for yourself. I'm not talking about listening to my sermon. I'm talking about feasting on the word of God. Spend time in his presence and be empowered by his spirit. Child of God, anything in your life that is trying to rival against Jesus, it's time to say, get out. Get out. When we are filled with God's spirit, we are reminded why we don't stand in our place of need, but we stand in who God is. We stand in the power of God, and we know that there is more power in one drop of blood that Jesus shed on, uh, shed on that cross than there is forces of darkness that can come against the child of God. More power in one drop of that blood to see you through, to heal you, to set you free, to take you into your new territory, then there is darknesses that could even begin to come against us. Can we just stop right here for a minute? Do we have to do everything like we always do? Is anybody here today thankful that Jesus shed that blood on the cross? See, that's the only reason that any of this is. That's the only reason why we can even speak about our breakthrough or our liberty, or our freedom, or the new season and the new territory that God wants to do in our lives. Right now, would you lift your hands and let's just say thank you, Jesus, that you died on that cross, that you shed your blood for every person. God, would you help us today as we move through this sermon? God, would you open our eyes to the clutter that's in our lives? God, would you remind some people today that they are royalty and that it's time to stop scraping up the crumbs, but it's time to feast at the king's table. God, we thank you for that blood. We thank you for that blood. Let, us co let it cover. Let it cover in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. With the moves in my life, I have encountered hills and valleys, like literally, from the mountains of North Carolina to the flatlands, literally. There were times at our home in the mountains that we would leave it was real strange to me it was new to me but we would leave and while we were gone a snow shower would come like a rain shower here and we would have to park at the end of the hill and tote our groceries up the hill because we couldn't get our car back up the driveway it was real strange for a girl raised in the flatland so it was really cool to me but in our life's journeys with the lord how many of you know there's going to be hills and valleys and even though there are valleys, we can't stop in the valley. We've got to move on. You can't stop in the valley. You've got to move on. There are, the valleys are only temporary, but God's word will be eternal. We've got to get that on the inside of us before we're ready to move out in the spirit. That the valleys will come and the hills will come. But the valleys are only temporary, but God's word is eternal. And we can't focus on our valleys only. We must focus on the journey that God is leading us on. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earth earthly things. Can I tell you that every single thing that happens to you has a purpose? It can propel you forward in some way, or it can keep you stuck and hindered in the valley. And the amazing part is, church, that when God moves, we are called to move. 
When God moves, we move. In Exodus, the people pulled together their resources to build a tabernacle. They had detailed instructions for building this most holy place, which would be a sign of God's presence among them. And in the final verses of Exodus, it tells us that a cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of God filled the tabernacle. Found in Exodus 40. Now wherever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were were until it lifted. The kingdom of God is living. The church is a living organism. And when God moves, we are called to move. It's alive. It goes where God goes. You see, God doesn't desire to just make you comfortable in your valley and your place of need. God doesn't desire to just make you comfortable in your deserts. He wants us to keep our eyes on Him and not our problems. See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to have the problems and the situations and the circumstances, and he wants you to be so focused on those things that you miss your new season, that you miss your new territory, and that you miss the divine appointments that God has for your life. The people who were moving with the tabernacle that I just spoke of, when God said, It's time to move. Do you think nobody in that group had anything going on? I think not. But they looked at one another and said, God said, let's move. God said, let's take new territory. Do you think none of them had little situations going on at that moment? Oh, I think they did. It was a group of people. But God said, move. And no matter what was going on, they struck out and they moved out with the power of God with them. God says, move. We move out. We trust in his ability, not our own. We understand that the battle is God's, not yours. Hallelujah. A preacher once said, no one who has the spirit of God on the inside of them can keep it to themselves. Nobody who has the Spirit on the inside of them can just sit in their valley in their place of need and not feel compelled to say, Oh, no, my God is able. My God will see me through. My God will take me into my new season. My God will take me into my new territory. We see Peter in Acts 12, 7, and it says, Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick! Somebody say, Quick! Quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Let's continue in verse 8. Get dressed and put on your sandals, said the angel. Peter did so, and the angel told him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Let me tell you today that you're not stuck in your valley. You're not destined for failure. You're not alone in the darkest of cells. You're not a beggar. You're royalty. You're a citizen of the Most High Kingdom. You are a child of the King. And you know what that verse said? It said, suddenly. How many of you know it only takes a word from the Lord for your situation to change? Hey, but it's if you're willing to listen. See, it's a lot of people running around saying, God, move, Lord, do this or that. And he's speaking and he's moving and you're just full of clutter. 
God, I want my new territory. I want my new season. God, would you please move? But you're so focused there and you're so comfortable in that posture that you're not moving. You're not moving. You see, all too often we stand in our place of need waiting for the chains to fall off. But when God spoke to Peter, he said, get up. And then the chains fell off. See, Peter had to get up with the chains still on. And then God said, the chains fell off. When you begin to walk out your victory, you're going to encounter God in a whole new way. In a whole new way. You see, the lame man that Jesus healed in John 5, 8, Jesus yet again, he said, arise, take up your bed and walk. Everything's not going to look perfect. Everything's not going to feel perfect. It's not going to look like your breakthrough's on the other side of this thing. But can I tell you that it is? It is because God will not let us down. God will not lie, and we can trust Him as we move out. Get up, take up your bed, and walk. But we want to sit around and wait for everything to be fixed and everything to be perfect before we can walk it out. Some of us want to focus on the fact that due to some things in your life, you feel lame. Oh, but God, I can't get up. God, I can't get up. I can't. I can't. I've got these chains on. I'm lame in my feet. It is your moment today to tell these things in your life to get out because nothing rivals Jesus. Nothing rivals Jesus. Don't focus on some things in your life and let them make you feel lame and feel like you can't go on because you are more than able Christ who gives you strength. And so today I want to ask, are you going to allow the devil to keep you focused on your problems? Are you going to allow the devil to keep you comfortable and focused on how you messed up yesterday? Are you going to miss God's voice this morning that's saying, I want to take you into new territory. I want to take you into a new season. Take up your bed and walk. Walk into your destiny. You see, you can teach. You can greet. You can witness. You can sing. You can praise. You can serve. Why? Because nobody can do it like you can do it. You say others greet, not like you. You may say others have connect groups, not like you. You might say others pray, not like you. Stop focusing on your hindrances and start focusing on the way maker. The way maker, our way maker. Today, maybe you say, Pastor Lisa, why are you saying all this? Well, let me tell you real quick. Because God is saying that He has a plan for you that is greater than your problems. And He's calling you to step completely into your purpose. It may be at the workplace, it may be at the marketplace, it may be that you know you have giftings and talents that God wants to use, but you're held back because of simply what you think about yourself. But in the Bible, there's a place called Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Still with me. And it's in 2 Samuel chapter 9. Lodabar is a real place. And the meaning of the name Lodabar is no communication, no word, a wilderness, a town of forgotten people. A man named Mephibosheth was living in Lodabar. He was living in Lodabar 
because of some things that happened in his life. Anybody had some things happen in your life? Mephibosheth was in Lodabar and he didn't mean to be there. He didn't want to be in this land of forgotten people, this wilderness, this place with no word. Can you imagine going through life with no word from God? I'm thankful for the word. But he was there. And how many of you know it's only by God's grace that every one of us in this room are not in Lodabar right now? But there was a man named King David. And if you've ever read the Word of God, let me just put it brief and say that King David had some trials, some situations, circumstances, problems, whatever you want to call it, King David had them. But in the midst of all of King David's life journey, he remembered a covenant that he had made and he thought about Mephibosheth. He remembered him. And he went to Lodabar and he went to Mephibosheth and he showed him kindness. Why? So that Mephibosheth in his brokenness could eat at the king's table too. Praise God. Praise God. You see, it's not just for you that you come into your new season. It's not just for you that you come into your new territory, but it's so that others can feast at the king's table as well. God is saying to us that it's so important because there are lonely and hurting people all around us without a word. And if we keep our eyes only on our need, then we're going to miss the blessings that God has set before us. If we stand only in our place of need, then we're going to miss the divine appointments that God has planned for us. And He wants to give those to us, church. He wants to give us these things. Job chapter 17, listen to this. Stand with me as I close. Job said, my spirit is broken. My days are extinguished and the grave is ready for me. He said, mockers are with me. See, nobody around Job could even understand how bad his life was or what he was going through. But in Job 17, 9, listen to these words that were penned. It says, nevertheless, the righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. Are there any people, are there any people in this place today that would join me and say, I need to feast at the king's table. I need to feast at the king's table and I'm ready to take my new territory. I'm ready to take my new season. I'm a little tearful this morning because my heart is burdened. Because I believe we have spent enough time standing in our place of need with our lives so full of clutter asking God to move when it's just like with the children of Israel he's saying well come on come on here's the season here's the territory here's the new victory I've already done it I'm going to pray over you today and as I pray can we sing something and I'm going to come down to these altars because I want my new season and I want my new territory and I don't want anything in my life that's cluttering it out to be in the way but today I want to tell things in my life get out get out get out because I am moving forward with Jesus
And I believe today, if you'll move out, if you'll move in the Spirit, God will meet you. You will receive your breakthrough. You will see your miracles. You will see your relationship with the Lord grow. But you've got to move. You've got to move. And don't let anything the enemy whispers in your ear change that because you're not a beggar. You're not a beggar. You're royalty. As they sing this morning, if you want to come this morning and join me, if not, I'm fine standing up here by myself. Because I believe it's time, church, that we take our new territory in Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.